Greetings, brothers and sisters. You're in studio with Ebony Republicans. There's a little bit of noise in the background, so please forgive me. We're having some work done, and it's a little bit noisy, but I think we'll be fine. At some point, if any, someone wants to come in the uh, live chat and share some information, we'll be happy to let that happen. Again, guys, we're on Ebony Republicans. Welcome. Today, we're going to talk a little bit about an interview I've seen, actually several of them. I've seen some interviews on Errol Spence and his big fight. They were asking Mayweather um, his opinion on the fight. And he said some things that I thought was incredible. And he never seems to amaze me. And I think this is why he is the champ of all champs. Because he knows how to answer the big and tough questions. Now, no matter what genre we go into, be it music, be it fighting, there's always going to be comparisons from goat to goat to goat to goat to goat. And Mayweather happens to be one of the goats. In some cases, this can be very difficult for up-and-coming artists or up-and-coming uh, acts, up-and-coming fighters and boxers. This can be very tough <clears throat> for past fighters and boxers as people are going to give their opinion. And since Terrence Bud Crawford beat Errol Truth Spence Jr. at 147, the conversations begin. Well, who was better? Who do you think would have won in a fight against Mayweather? Now, this would have happened either way. No matter how you dice it up, this was going to happen. I have made previous videos and I've said things that some people would say is ridiculous. Even calling Errol Spence the greatest 147 pounder I've ever seen. Now again, you might say, this guy does not know boxing. And I warn you, because many people have spoke to this and explained probably why they said what I said, or something similar, or something not too far away. Errol Spence Jr. is a great fighter of this generation, and to this day, he will retain that title, or at least that sentiment. I also want to talk a little bit about Skip Bayless, um, as right now, everyone's talking about Skip Bayless. I happen to like Skip Bayless, and I think Skip Bayless is amazing. He grew on me over the years because I just like the way he put everything he was doing. I like the way he prepared. I like the new opportunities he's given to young people. I appreciated um, where 
he took the conversation. So right now, everything is about Skip Bayless. Everything is about Skip Bayless. Richard Sherman is a candidate to replace Shannon Sharp on FS1's Undisputed alongside Skip Bayless. Immediately, you should think of one moment and one moment only. Skip can say whatever he wants, but Skip, whenever you refer to me, whenever you speak to me, whenever you address me, address me as all pro Stanford graduate. Those are some accomplishments you will never accomplish. You have never accomplished anything. Okay. Now, I I enjoy that. But when sports writer Skip Bayless moved from the morning news to the competition, it created quite a controversy among his peers. He doesn't apologize for the change or his big new salary, but being the chip moody of local print has made him the target for some resentment. No different than anyone else. Uh, I feel like I'm the most hated guy in town. Uh, now I can't go back to the morning news for fear of being gunned down by the guards, go back to clean out my desk. I haven't even done that yet. And... Uh, I feel like I'll walk in the Times Herald and uh, 20 staffers will dive on me and uh, string me up from the, the fixture or something. You know? Despite the hard feelings, Bayless is excited about his new job because he feels the Times Herald will provide him with a better environment to write in time. Now, what you were just listening to was a news commentator speak on Skip Bayless and his journey into sports and into journalism. And as I said, I thought Skip Bayless, and I still think that way, is a stand-up guy. He's incredible. His history, his journey continued, started before I was even born, which gives more credence to how amazing journey this guy started before really I is. was even born, which gives more credence to how amazing this guy really is. All right. Now that we have our sound in place, you got to always do sound place. So, Skip Bayless, uh, I believe he's moving with or to his new uh, show, and he's going to be, I think, he's going to be amazing. One of the reasons is because he has um, Little Wayne that's going to be participating. Now, back to Earl Spence for just a little moment. <clears throat> it was very difficult for me to make a video shortly after the fight because, like many of you and people today, they just don't want to visit the fight. I thought, respectfully, that this would be a fight that I would go back and look at every year, every month, every two days. And I, it's just too painful to watch. Um... And I'm going to give a little bit of a painful um, experience of my experience to someone else's fight. And that might sound stupid or crazy that I would be given my opinion on someone else's fight or someone else's life and career. But truthfully... I was invested, I spent money to go to fights, and in fact, I was at the last fight that Errol Spence had when he was going against Udenis Ugas. I was at that fight. I enjoyed it very much, and I got my money's worth. That fight, to me, was further evidence that Errol the True Spence Jr. was 
an unusual talent. Possibly the greatest 147 pounder ever. My biggest problem was I did not think things all the way through and I will say that. And I will tell you as well why I have not thought things all the way through. When Earl Spence sparred Mayweather with under three professional fights in, I thought, my God, he would have the punching that was necessary not only to break through Mayweather's defense, but to make a competitive fight and strip away the things that made Mayweather great. And I thought this would also be used on Terrence Crawford. Let me explain to you what I'm talking about. When Errol Spence fought against Mikey Garcia, Earl Spence, if you go back and look at that fight, I've never seen a better fight by Earl Spence Jr. It was the best performance he ever gave, and it wasn't because he tore up Mikey's body or he was just clocking him unbelievably. That was also a one-sided fight, but the interesting thing was Mikey was in the fight up until it was over. Not that he was dominating or catching Earl with clean shots. He was just present. At no time did his legs look tired. At no time did Mikey Garcia look like he couldn't have caught him with something. Earl Spence Jr., I overlooked the fact that Earl is missing a key ingredient or two that could help him not only beat Crawford, but make his story even better than Crawford's. If any, that he is able to be, he has to change up. Now, he has to bring in another trainer. I'm just going to say that right here. And it has to be Mayweather. It has to be George Foreman. Or it has to be Teddy Atlas. In order to pull this off and beat Terrence Crawford and make, oh my God, the biggest splash we've ever seen, which would sort of balance the ship. And people would say, wow, shit, I knew something was missing. I knew something was freaking missing. It had to, he had to be on dope or something. Because what we saw before, what we know, what we knew, everybody who was, uh, I don't care if you were a trainer and you were credible, such as Jerron Ennis, his father spoke on the fight. Uh, uh, even uh, people who are talking down on Spence, they even thought that, well, we're going to win this. But Earl, hell yeah, he's going to give us the best fight we ever had. Because obviously, Sean Porter fought the hell out of uh, Crawford. And, and so did Gamboa. They fought the hell out of Crawford and even let them know, even though he lost. Look here, now we clocked your ass, uh, Chief. You know, uh, you know, Kaliowskis and all these guys, David Avenesian, they all looked like they had good legs up until the fight was over. Um... But the key ingredient that Earl is missing that will allow him to get in this fight and not shock us, but we'll say, well, see, yes, yeah, something was wrong. Because now this makes sense. Even if he loses in a split decision, fine. But let's say, okay, well, look here now. I don't mind losing the house because that fight made sense. Now, Mayweather can teach him and I don't know what to give it. All I can do is refer you to some fighters who I believe, not only if they trained Spence, but if they trained with him, they could probably, he can win this. He would have to bring in Bernard Hopkins. 
or Antonio Targa, mainly. They have the real punches that I'm looking for also Winky Wright to beat Crawford. These are not jabs. These are straight punches through the, the guard until he moves it. And the best person at that was Foreman. He just hit straight at your gloves. I don't need to hit your gloves, and I'm not trying to knock you out. It's just I'm going to shape your gloves the way I like them. And he punches straight. Now, I don't care if Terrence is awkward and a counter. You cannot beat Crawford if you don't have straight flush punches. We don't need a hook from Spence. He, that's okay. He's okay with his hook. In fact, he had some overhand loops that kind of rocked Crawford, but there was no power there. So his loops and crosses are fine. His jab is fine. That's not a problem. His uppercuts are fine. And his pressure is fine. The only thing he was missing is he could not throw flush punches with power into the guard of Terrence Crawford, which everybody else was able to do, including Sean Porter, was able to throw punches into Terrence Bud Crawford's guard, uh, his defense. Now, I'm going to technify this for you because I know you don't understand what the hell I'm talking about. Arguably, Roy Jones Jr. is better than Terrence Crawford. So is Mayweather. And they have better defense than Terrence Crawford. Arguably, Bernard Hopkins is better than... I don't care about the weight class. I'm talking about who they are. Arguably, Mike Tyson was better. It, I just don't care what the way you see this. I'm telling you something. There comes a time where elite meets elite. You saw this in the Hagler stories they're always talking about. In the Sugar Ray stories, the Sweet Pea, and all of these people. These are all guys that were elite. And regardless of who wins, the other guy will very well know that he was in a fight that day. I can name 10 fighters that are all elite Hall of Famers and at the top of the totem pole, including Muhammad Ali, who've been hit by other amazing fighters. And he beat the hell out of them. I've seen Lennox take shots and beat the hell out of somebody. I've seen Mike Tyson, Roy Jones, Tarver, Tito, even Sugar Shane Mosley, fight other elite fighters. There was no way that Spence could have got floored that way under any circumstances when lesser fighters than you did not get floored that way. And we know you would walk through them like Gamboa. Like David Avenesian. Spence would walk through David Avenesian. Now, there's some talk of Tank Davis. Because I think everybody wants to get the get back 
for Spence. I think everybody wants. Guys, by the way, please check me out on Spotify for a lot of more fuller videos and more exclusive content. Check me out, please, on Spotify. And if you're a regular on Spotify, why don't you drop by YouTube and check us out? We sort of approach things a bit different. Having had a channel taken already, having, you know, just kind of groomed, you know, been groomed in life. Just really don't give a damn at this point. If you can't say what you need to say, then damn it, don't say it. Okay, here we go. But Spence Mayweather said this, and he was right. Should not be at 147. And he should not be at 154. Spence is a much bigger fighter. And I believe at this time now, he's been in the lower weight classes for such a time that once he go up, he will carry his speed, his punching power, and he will be a free fighting guy. The punches that I'm talking about that Spence was missing, you can't describe these punches. And like I said, the best ones I've seen, if you're going to have that type of style where you can stand in front of somebody, you and, and again, I've seen Spence do it to Danny Garcia. I've seen him do it with Sean Porter a little bit. He didn't do it a lot with Sean Porter, but I've seen him do it with Mikey Garcia. He did not back up or go forward, basically. He just was able to punch through your guard or to your guard all night. And that's what I was hoping to see with Terrence Crawford. I say to myself, I say, why don't Spence jab, stick, and move, jab, stick, and move. Jab, stick, and move all night. Jab, stick, and move all night. And the later rounds is when he could have just walked Terrence Crawford down. He tried to walk him down in round one. When a guy has so much stamina, he's comfortable, he's strong. He hasn't even warmed up yet. And got his strength where he wants it. Unless he was warming up in the background which could have definitely been the case. I'm going to go back to Skip Bayless. I like Skip. And I believe Shannon made a big mistake. Shannon Sharp was wrong. When you're on a platform like that, when you're on national television, and I watch the public... I hear them, just like you do. Everyday people, moms, dads, grandparents. They listen in to ESPN. They listen in to Undisputed and First Take. This is their way of tapping in and tapping out of different things. You may want to tap out of the political world to see what's going on in sports. And a lot of people enjoyed a sports that's not politicized. 
and not running narratives other than sports. So, if you're Shannon Sharp, you're on television, as my man Stephen A. likes to put it, and you're giving this up because you're doing too much. Too many people was in Shannon's head telling him come over, and I think Stephen probably was one of them, maybe not doing the most, but I think he damn sure probably wanted Shannon Sharp over there with him to run it up. Maybe he saw what Skip had and he wanted that. I used to think when I first saw the show that Skip told him what to say. Shannon Sharp. Because I just couldn't believe that Shannon would say Skip that many times in a show. Skip, listen. If LeBron, Skip, let me finish, Skip. Listen. Skip, you got the L.A. Lakers, Skip. Trying to get back in the race. You got Jeannie Buss, Magic Johnson, Skip, who comes in, set this teams up, and you got Anthony Davis over here. This is his team, Skip. Skip, you cannot be a top five guy. And, you know, no, 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 Skip, listen. It was just interesting to where it would, it became part of the day. Skip, 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 Skip was out there. And arguably, Shannon Sharp was really pulling in numbers. Shannon Sharp is, is desirable. People started to see him on his own podcast and he's well-mannered. Always talking about his mama and his grandmama on television. Nice man. Anytime you talk about women in our society in a nice fashion, people like that. People applaud that. They respect it. Reminds them of their grandson up there. I don't know why Shannon let people get in his head. And then, yeah, there's the people to say that Skip Bayless um, is... Races, you know, the, all this crap that's there. Guys, I want you to listen to the way he talked about Lil Wayne. And I want a friend like Skip. I think it's good to have good mentors, good white people like Skip. He's a white man who speaks in your favor. I, th I think it's a nice thing. I want you to take a listen to... Um, let me see if I can um, share this first and foremost. I want this to be up and on while we rocking. Skip, I think he did Shannon Sharp a justice. I think he really cared about Shannon. And he did everything to make sure that once Shannon left that show, he would be better than when he got on the show. Because... The thing that I like about Skip, Skip Bayless is the type of man that whether you're prepared or not, Skip will have things ready for you so you don't look stupid on air. He's that kind of, I've heard from many people, Skip is the kind of guy, when you show up in the morning, he's there already. He is Kobe Bryant, LeBron James of journalism. He that nigga. Skip Bayless 
some can say he's a jerk at times. Skip, and I'll touch on that, said some things that I also, I was like, no, nah, man, Skip is out of control. But Skip, many people don't know, dealt with civil rights. Skip Bayless gave his opinion and his comments on the state of black America. He allowed his show sometimes to be used as a platform to talk about things that he knew was taking away from the sport. It was taking away from the real discussion. And he still did it. And I, and I commend him for that. Because that is not easy. And, and when I talk to people, that's one of the biggest things that they hate about sports today. That it's so politicized. You can't come there and just listen to what you want to listen to. And this is why a lot of people like Barkley, even though he gets some backlashes and some pushback that he's white and this and that. Um, because Barkley is another guy who gets what people want. You have to give people what they want. It's that simple. It's that simple. Whether you understand that or not, you have to give people what they want. And if what they want is to hear things as is and not hear political stuff about Black Lives Matter, Skip has done that. Skip is the Kobe Bryant of journalism. I love Skip. And like I said, people like Stephen A. careers are where they are because of Skip Bayless. Because of Skip Bayless. All right? Now, I want, to let, I want you to listen to uh, how Skip was talking about Lil Wayne. Um, it really made me think. I said, man, this guy... And, and I think this is why... And Wayne is going to give some credibility to him. I think this is why he loves Wayne. Listen to this, guys. He was at OTAs. He this has is Skip Bayless. covered a tweak of no mercy as we go forward into our next incarnation. At least a tweak. I thought, well, maybe he'll tweak the lyrics a bit. Maybe. I didn't know. Wayne said... I got you. Just give me a little time. I got you. I said, okay. Basically saying to him, good luck. So at one point, two, three weeks ago. So just so you know, Skip Bayless is talking to Lil Wayne. And Lil Wayne is saying, I'm going to do you a new intro song. He goes, dude, we like the one we got. We love it. Your voice plays every morning on national television for my show. He says, no, Skip, I got this. Little Wayne goes in the studio. Now, Skip is a little bit worried, like, ah, uh, I like where it is. It's not too, you know, derogatory. It's not too weak. It has a great bounce to it. Unfortunately, uh, Shannon name was in the intro for Undisputed, but he just thought Wayne was going to take that out and tweak it and, you know, kind of just keep it the same and Wayne goes no I'm going to do the whole thing over so Skip right now is uncomfortable with it a little bit but he's like dude if you think you can do something like that then go for it so here is Skip talking about Lil Wayne he texted I've got the music I'm working on the lyrics to the new theme song you, 
you've got the music? And I'm thinking, what, wait, are, are you going to create a whole new song? Uh, okay. I didn't text back good luck, but I was thinking good luck. And I waited. And he worked on it. Texted a couple times, still working on it. Okay, I got it. Can't rush that creative process. How well I know. Although I seem to do all of mine under pressure. I need a deadline. I think Wayne needs a deadline too. But once we went on a hi hiatus, it gave him a little bit more of a break to get it exactly right. And trust me, my brother Wayne is as at least into our relaunch as I am. He is heart and soul into the relaunch. And by the way, bigger picture, Wayne has agreed every Friday going forward to do in a segment with me live. He might not always be in studio depending on his schedule, but he's going to join me every Friday for a segment, I don't know, 12, 15 minutes. By the way, that is going to launch his show, Undisputed, through the roof. ESPN and them boys, first taking them boys, y'all got some trouble, baby. Because Lil Wayne is what Lil Wayne is. America got used to him. And see, America likes black men sometimes who can be yourself and cross over. They don't, they, I mean, if you just still don't give a fuck, like that's why 50 Cent is doing well. And he is not what real the mob media likes. He's kind of conservative. He kind of messes with Trump, you know, but he's got his money and, you know, he stays out of the way. Little Wayne is that a little bit amplified, believe it or not. So he tells Skip, I'm going to do this music over. We're going to relaunch. Now, this is part of Wayne's career now, too. He's a, you understand? So with Shannon leaving, this is why it was a mistake. Little Wayne, even just coming on Friday, is going to pick this show up crazy. And when he brings this next young black man in, they're talking about who it's going to be. People are going to be looking, too. They're going to be like, who he's going to bring. And I think that whoever he brings is going to be a little bit more original. Nothing to say against Shannon Sharp. Shannon Sharp is great. I just think Shannon made the biggest mistake of his life. No disrespect. Look at Jay-Z. You can't be next to some of these white men who's, who's bought that life. They bought that paper. Whether it's Warren Buffett or whatever, you know, the owner of Amazon or, you know, whatever. You, 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 you know, Steve, if it was Steve Jobs, it didn't matter. If you can get next to these guys and they can show you how to make money, you stay there. You don't move. I don't move. And that's what Lil Wayne has done and people are not looking at that. Little Wayne was smart enough, as I said, to come on this show, stay friends with Skip, learn something about sports, and just in case his music career, he's kind of tired. He wants, you know, because you know, eventually you want to do other stuff. Man, he's done music unbelievable, streams, millions of records sold. God damn it! I mean, the guy's fan base is incredible. Little Wayne is there. So for him to come and stick onto the show, relaunching another song, coming in every Friday, I want you guys to listen to Stephen A. Smith because he always talks about Skip Bayless helping him with his career, being his career. And... 
I don't know. Skip Bayless was doing his thing with First Take, having the two live stews, Jamel Hill, Rob Parker, and various other people debating against him. And then in 2012, they weren't satisfied with the numbers. They weren't satisfied with the ratings, the level of revenue that was being generated. Skip Bayless comes to me in the parking lot uh, on, on the campus of ESPN in Bristol, Connecticut. And he says, I know you got your plans. You love the NBA. You love being out on the road. You love being in the locker room. But he said, but I need you. He said, I can't, I've done all that I could to take this as far as I could go. I need you to do this for me, please. He said, I just need three years. He said, I think we'll knock it out the park. I thought about it. Those were clearly my best options. They weren't about to give me my own show or anything like that at the time. I said, I thought about it for a couple of days. I said, all right, I'll do it. One month later, we were number one. And we've been number one ever since. I'm going to stop right there. No more needs to be said. You heard it from the horse's mouth and from that nigga. That's Stephen A. Smith. He's been that nigga for the last 20 years. He has a meeting with Skip Bayless in the park. Out, outdoors, wherever he says. And Skip says, look, um, I've been raining. I've been doing my thing. I've done everything. I've scored. I've done this. Kind of like a LeBron and, you know, D-Wade. I, I need you to come to South Beach. It's like, really? Let me think about it. It's like, yo, that's my best option, basically. So that's, I mean, these is his words. He said, this is my best option. So he goes over, gets in the studio with him. And I'm assuming this is in L.A. They get in the studio they're doing the show in one month. The show is number one. Now, Stephen A. was surprised after he left the company of a Skip Bayless. He felt that I don't think there's another guy out there who can do what I did with Skip. And there was Shannon Sharp. Not to say he did better. He did good. Shannon Sharp took that show uh, and ran with it. And, 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 and sometimes, unfortunately, where we make the mistake at is we'll say, and that's why we was listening to Mayweather today too, and I'm going to play that when he was talking about Errol Spence. Sometimes we get the goats fucked up. It's no disrespect. Sorry to cuss. Sometimes we get the goats fucked up. And... Skip is one of them goats that if you don't know, you better ask somebody. Skip Bayless is that dude. And I and I and I, I give him credit myself. You know, as I said, watching him over the years, growing up with him myself, you know, disagreeing with because a lot of times I'd be like, what the hell is Skip talking about, man? I sort of kind of disagree. But I want you to also listen to um Fight Hype. Shout out to those guys over there. And uh, Mayweather talks a little bit about... I, if you ask me, I think he was talking to Terrence Crawford. That's just me. I, I mean, was he talking to Terrence Crawford? I don't know. It sounded like it to me. And I kind of knew that this was going to happen because when I was looking at this fight, not only was um, Spence going to make history, 
uh, winning all of those belts and being the first guy at that weight to do that, you know, which I think Spence chased that more than fighting at the right weight that he should have been at after, let's just say, five, six fights ago. In some cases, Spence should have been gone already. Okay, I think the people know that now. Um, And it's because of this interview that Mayweather gave. Mayweather, I got to give you your props. Even me, sometimes I sleep on the goat, bro. Mayweather is that dude, man. He spoke on it, and I think he made it clear to both Errol Spence and Terrence Burkhardt. FightHype.com here with a man who needs no introduction, but I have to introduce him anyway because I haven't had a chance to formally say... The man, the man... The legend. Well, <laughs> come on. I just we already you. know. No, 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 no. The man, the myth, the Hall of Fame legend, <laughs> Floyd Money Mayweather. Floyd. What's up, Fight Hype? Talk to me. Nah, you talk to me, brother. First of all, first of all, thank you, thank you for inviting me into your palatial estate here. This is okay. to very, some, very beautiful home. Palatial estate is a big house, a palace, a castle, whatever you guys want it to be. Yeah. Come on, man. This is this is a palace. This place is huge. It's uh, I mean, we've seen the clips on uh, social media. Chihuly. Look at that. Yeah. 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 I mean, we've definitely seen the clips on social media, okay. but but to be here in person, it is. Wow. It's very nice. You are definitely living like a king. I'm blessed. You know, I can't. You know. That's the only thing I can really say. I'm just really blessed. Guys, you on? You know, you can never take that. Spotify. You know, I'm very appreciative. You on YouTube? Um, with my dad, what my dad has taught me, and I just took it to that next level. Mm-hmm. The next level, and the next level beyond, <laughs> and another level beyond that. You laugh, you laugh. I mean, it, 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 it sounds funny, but you know, I remember being with you at the Big Boy Mansion, and um, well, still got the Big Boy Mansion. <laughs> it's still got the Big Boy Mansion. Yeah. It's a little. That's a little side, little side house. I can't say that. No. <laughs> Anytime you spend eight figure, mm-hmm. eight figures or nine figures for a house, yeah. gotta be appreciative, mm-hmm. gotta be thankful. Even if you spend seven figures, you know. Everybody, you know, everybody got different levels, so you can never knock nobody level. So I respect everybody. Um, can't knock nobody hustle. Everybody got their own hustle, and uh, you know, everybody got their own drive and their hustle. How to get it? One thing I can do is respect it. Well, you've been getting it for a long time. <clears throat> yeah. um, last, you're still getting it. Yeah, last 27 years as a professional. Yeah. Mm. Well, you're still getting it. Obviously, um, you got it at the uh, exhibition you had yes. uh, a few months ago. Uh-huh. Uh, names matter. You're fighting Gotti. Was it the third? Right? It was grandson. Yes. John Gotti grandson. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Crazy scene as always at a Floyd Mayweather. Yeah, event. it was kind of crazy because people was like. Uh, I think um, from what I was hearing, a lot of people on social media were saying that it was fake or it, it was scripted. Ab- absolutely not, not true. Um, you see that it was fights all around the arena, so you know when something like that happens, it can't be fake or rehearsed. Mm-hmm. Emotions were definitely flying that night. Um, Probably so. I was cool. I really wasn't tripping. Yeah, yeah. I mean, when something like that does happen, I mean, obviously, you were, you know, you were putting on a show, you were entertaining the fans, but uh, does it does it leave kind of like an empty space there where maybe you're like, ah, oh, man, might have to run that run that one back. 
Well, from what I'm told, you know, we spoke. My team has spoke to his team. And before the end of the year, then we're going to make it happen. Ooh, the rematch. Yes. They've been talking about another fight also, another exhibition with a guy that's in Canada who was fighting that light heavyweight. What's his name? That light heavyweight. Uh, Used to be a champion. Boxer? Yes. Uh, Jean Pascal? Yes. Really? So that name was brought up, but I told them, you know, uh, the numbers wasn't right. The number, you know, the numbers wasn't right, so... You gotta get your numbers right. Mm. We just gonna move around lightly. It all depends on what you, you know what they want to do. Some want to move around heavy. Some want to move around light. So you know, in the last exhibition, um, a lot of disrespect. Mm. So it it got a little crazy. <laughs> <laughs> crazy, but still entertaining, yes. nonetheless. nonetheless. It's all about entertaining the people. So. It was what it was. Just the other weekend, there was a, a huge fight for all four titles. Um, mm-hmm. Undisputed was on the line between Errol Spence and Terrence Crawford. Yes. You were in the building, right? Yes. Did you have a good time? Yes, actually I did. Yeah. Yep. I, I was I was there um, to watch them walk to weights, meet up. I didn't want them to fight. I really, I really. No. I really like both of those guys a lot. Like, you know, I had a chance to hang around Earl. I had a chance to hang, hang around Terrence. And both guys, class act, both. Mm-hmm. Obviously, before the fight happened, I know you're very... never. Well, I don't want to say you never give a prediction. It's rare that you would ever give a prediction. I never gave a prediction like for that fight. That's what I thought. I, didn't, I, 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 don't, did. I don't remember you giving a prediction for it. But, you know, a lot of times... When you look at social media, social media would, it would look like I'm leaning towards one guy because I boxed one guy before. So when I boxed Earl Spence, I was actually 35. The age, what Terrence Crawford is right now. I was 35 and Earl Spence was 22 okay. 22 or 23 I'm going to say 22 could have been 23 but I'm going to say 22 and it was so, and what's so crazy when I, when I think about just different ages and I think about boxing now when I fought Canelo I was 36 and Canelo was 23 around the same age some of these guys won world titles and was undisputed champion I think I don't, the tank age, you know, the young low champions. Mm-hmm. Canelo was 23 with 43 fights and 30 knockouts. And the world said he was inexperienced. I was 36 with 40 something fights. And to tell you the truth, I was over the hill. And so when I fight guys, when I'm in my 30s, and they're in their 30s, you know what they say? What's that? Oh, this guy all washed up. 
but I'm not washed up in my 30s. But when I fight, if I'm in my 30s and another guy in his 30s and we fight, they say he's washed up. So I'm, I'm two years older than Pacquiao. So when I fight Pacquiao, he said, you didn't fight him. At, at the, now the champ does apologize for talking about himself a lot. And he gets right time. Earl and Terrence. I don't do this, but box, rec, and different, I mean, different blog sites and different people. I can speak on my opponent. I can't, I only can speak from what I know. I can't do an interview in bad mouth. Terrence Crawford, I'm not going to do that. Absolutely not. I'm not going to bad mouth Earl Spence. I can't do that. I don't want to bad mouth Diego Corrales because he's no longer here. So may he rest in peace. But if I can speak just honestly to the people, um, I don't want to be biased. I don't want to sound like I'm hating or I'm mad at anyone. So when I say certain things, I'm not taking shots at no fighters. I'm just saying, speaking from the heart, because I respect all three of those guys. So, my fight with Diego Corrales. Um, 30 and 0. Myself, I was undefeated also in 20 something fights. Diego Corrales was on my ass. <laughs> so, um, it was, um, um, take care of their friends, and they got a team that's behind them. So, I'm not with Floyd Mayweather, and I'm not talking about Earl. I'm just talking about in general. And I need every fighter to know this. If you're with PBC, you're with Floyd Mayweather, period. Okay? Period. You cannot bring up Al Heyman's name without bringing up Floyd Mayweather's name. We're one. With that being said, I want the best for Earl Spence. So, if I was training him or I was in his corner, I don't think he should be fighting at 147 at all. I don't even think he should be fighting at 154. Really? I think he should be fighting at 160 or 168. Wow. Now, I'm going to let y'all listen to the rest of that on Fight Hype. I was surprised, as you are, to hear him say that. But inside, I was like, man, thank God somebody said it. This is not a knock on him. He was a great 147-pounder. I don't think he'll go to it again. Why would you? This is a tough weight for him to make. It's just that simple. This is not a knock on Errol. This is why we're not going to make this about Errol. And as we get closer to the fight, again this time, I'll have more information for you. And I'll give you more. I don't feel like I lost anything by speaking on Errol Spence. In a manner that I did. I even made videos 
showing him just the greatest of all times. I don't feel bad because that's what I saw. And uh, I felt confident as long as other persons who this is their career, they felt the same way, then I felt, okay, I can do this. I, it's not a bad thing for me to say what I'm saying because, one, I like the guy. Um, he's brought me back to boxing kind of, sort of. And, uh, you know, this is what I think about him. But nonetheless, he did not have the grandiose ending that we probably all wanted to see. But that's okay. I think there's still life in this party. And let's see where we go. Guys, we're going to end it here. You on Ebony Republicans. I want to say a thank you all and love you guys. Continue to uh, tap in and follow and check um, on Spotify. Also on YouTube for some of the latest things that we're going to be talking about. We're going to be following this Skip Bayless thing because, as I said, Skip Bayless is just a dog, man. He gets it out of the mud. He's a champion. He makes champions. There's not a person that was ever with Skip Bayless that left him and did not end up being a sensation and have much, much, much success in their career after. I'll let you hear it yourself. Stephen A. Smith said it, man. I wasn't doing shit, hanging around locker rooms. Skip said, come on, give me three years. In one month, they had the number one show, Birth of Stephen A. Smith. And he has become Leonardo. He's somewhat challenging Splinter. And Skip loves the challenge. He feels like there's others that are taking shots at him, like Charles Barkley and whatnot. But I do believe that Skip Bayless um, is going to prove once more for possibly a half a decade. Because I really don't see Skip running into a whole decade. But I think he can clean up right now and grab like two more chips and just be like that's it you know what i mean skip bayless he's that guy man as i said this guy goes back man he's got contacts dude um he's this guy goes back to the damn 70s 80s 90s he's i mean skip bayless man i mean gee whiz he's a giant man so to act like he's not that guy to me is just real crazy um, as I said, he's one of the guys I like, man. He's one of the guys if I can meet. Definitely, I'm going to go meet Skip Bayless. going to have lunch. I'm going to pick his brain. I'm going to ask him about things. Skip has seen it all. He's been on the biggest stages. He's had a career. And uh, he said this one thing. I'm not going to say the guy's name. But Skip said to him, at what I do, I'm better than you at what you do. And I, I think that went over his head because he's he's young black guy. He's got his dreadlocks in, and he's just kind of talking, and he's just kind of you know he's in he's in his space. You know he's he's uh you know he's that nigga right now, and he didn't realize you're talking to one of the goats, bro. I mean, we grew up we respected Bird because it wasn't about his color. That dude was a goat, like how we respect Eminem. Uh, I want to say this last little piece on this too, Terrence. Bud Crawford. Terrence Bud Crawford. He walked to this ring with Eminem. That confused me more than the actual fight. 
and that's crazy. What do you mean by that? Eminem is like the GOAT, the top three in rap in this decade, couple last couple decades, he's the top three. Without even have to be on mixtapes on everybody radio station. My list is a little bit different than you guys. I'm from a different generation. I see things a lot different than you do. And to me, Snoop Dogg is a top three as well. I don't care if you say, well, he's not KRS-One or he's not Tribe Called Quest or Nas, Coogee Rap. He's not an LL. I get it. But Snoop doesn't have to be that. That's your bar. This guy have been a monster. A complete animal. And he has made records that stay on the charts. And long running. Damn near 30 years or more. I'll give you one more top three. In my opinion. And this might seem crazy. But I really do believe that. And however you dice this up. And this is not to say that other guys are not top three. Or top five or top ten. To me, DMX is a top five, man. Top ten, man. DMX, that, I'm not, whatever. Yeah, I mean, DMX is a top five, top ten, dude. But I'm going to say this, and this is going to sound crazy. Maybe to some. And it depends on what he does in the next five to ten years. Because his interesting about this guy, and I'm going to say his career. He is still semi-young. Meaning he could give you another 15 years if dragged out. People don't know. Maybe his health or whatever won't allow. Maybe he didn't preserve himself enough at this time when we get there. I don't know. But people can at least easily say... And I'm going to say Lil Wayne is a top three artist. I, I grow up. I don't have the same kindergarten aspects of judging things that I do now. I have a university mind. And Lil Wayne has made records, man, that is street. He's made skateboard music. He's made rock. I mean, that's talent, fam. And, he, and the man uses instruments like when Prince and them boys was here, and Michael, and, and from that generation, and things like that. He's just really unusual. Um, he's made ballads. I mean, good collaborations. Some of the best ever. Whether it was with Drake, or Nicki Minaj, or Jay-Z. <sighs> Wayne has collaborated with other rock stars, and R&B sensations and I mean he's made you know with Khaled and all kinds of stuff like that and you know Lil Wayne has just had a magnificent run cash money made his way into the dictionary by creating the concept behind bling bling um, un 
unbelievable. And this is why I had to do the thing on Skip because when I heard Skip talk about him, it just verified what I always said about Lil Wayne. I said, if Lil Wayne continues, he one day may have the amazing place in my life as being the number one rapper, I think, of all times. If his career has some longevity to it. I mean, he will surpass many guys and maybe in terms of sales come right shy up under Eminem. Wayne sold records. He's 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 unbelievable on many levels. Only thing he really hasn't done really is tap into mainstreamly at least a bunch of really 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 super lucrative deals some of the things that we see Jay-Z sometimes you know announce whether it's owning a streaming company or doing some huge gin or vodka or whatever or you know buying a movie company whatever they're doing today selling beats by Dre or buying vitamin water and and to be where he is just off of rap I mean you know he could move into making clothing making skateboards making you know even 50 cent ventured into many many things you know making <clears throat> you know his catalog you know making video games and whatnot you know it's just really interesting how these uh, gentlemen in their careers. And Lil Wayne, I just got it since I'm mentioning Skip Bayless. I just got to tell you, man, Lil Wayne is really that 